Here at VFTN, we're all about the smooth moves. Whether it's a Joe Rawls through ball or a Shawnee Moz celebration, we simply love it when things run smooth. And that's why we're big fans of the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. We've been using their lawnmower shaver now for the past few weeks, and let me tell you, it's as smooth as Robert Earnshaw's head down there. I've been using razors and scissors to keep myself trimmed down below, but this device changes the game. Whether it's your plums, your armpits, or your chest, the lawnmower's skin-safe technology leaves you smooth and clean without any risks of bumps or nicks. And when you're done, you can use their Crop Preserver deodorant to keep things feeling super fresh down there. It's a game changer. I never knew I needed it, and now I can't live without it. And for our view from the Ninian listeners, we've teamed up with Manscaped to offer you 20% off their Performance Package 4.0. Not only do you get the Lawnmower 4.0 shaver and the Crop Preserver deodorant, but you also get the Weed Whacker. For those of you out there with that excess nose and ear hair, we see you. And a refreshing Crop Reviver tonic. You'll also get a pair of Manscaped boxes thrown in, as well as a bag to keep all your bits in. It's simply not to be missed. To get your hands on the very best in male grooming, head over to uk.manscaped.com and select the Performance Package 4.0. And at the checkout, use the code VFT Ninian for 20% off your purchase. That's VFT Ninian for 20% off your purchase. Trust us, your balls will thank you. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the Ninian, with views from the Ninian, not shoes from the Ninian, the view from the Ninian. It's a big happy new year from the view from the Ninian team. We're back two days into, three days into 2022, and already so much has happened. There's already so much for us to talk about. And joining me as always to dissect the latest and worst it's not going to be great news from the world of Cardiff City. It's Ben Price and Tom Phillips. Ben, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, my friend. Uh, how do you describe the first three days of 2022? Uh, what, three days in and already an emotional roller coaster? Already an emotional roller coaster. Tom Phillips, do you agree? Yeah, I think roller coaster sums up absolutely perfectly, to be honest with you. A Joe rolls a coaster, maybe, if we want to make it Cardiff City themed. No. No? No. 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 Well, you know, at least my habits don't change. Shit puns, as always, from Ben James. Um, <laughs> a lot to talk about. A lot has happened already, as we said, this year. We've got two games to talk about. Uh, a bombshell coming out of a Wolverhampton. Um, and, and it's not to do with any football that's going on at the moment. But first, Ben, let's talk about the Bournemouth game, which feels like a lifetime ago now. My first question is, was it bad or good? Well, I think me and you've got different opinions on this. Yeah, so fight me. Yeah, gladly. So first half, up until the obvious incident, which I'm sure we're going to discuss in a minute, um, I thought it wasn't... It, I, I don't think it was a good performance. I don't think it was like anything to write home about. But I thought there was an improvement there. I thought we kept the ball quite well against a team that's flying... Well, they started a bit, but a team that's supposed to be one of the best the Championship's ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really happy. Like, not, all things considered, where we are in the league and everything going on, I was happy with that performance. I thought it was like a respectable performance. We gave them a game and then some dickhead fucked it. <laughs> Tom, you're nodding along. Do you think we were all right against Bournemouth? Yeah, I think we had a clear game plan. I think that's the Which most promising thing. Just trying to kind of just quell them, you know, kind of ha- like hassle them and catch them on the break. I mean, created chances. Their goal, consistently with what's going on this season, came from just a little bit of sloppy defending when we moved away from that game plan and switched off. But I thought we were playing it right. And, you know, we, we looked like we were still being in the game going into the second half. And I, I was pretty happy with it. Um, and then, obviously, as we'll go on to, I, I th- 
things change. But I, yeah, I thought there was a lot of positives there. We weren't just rolling over because they're a team that can just you know bulldoze you, and they didn't. Not in the yeah, first half. The game plan worked because we didn't roll over. We only lost three 0 in the end. Um, so it really the first half. It really worked. Half. Really worked. I, I just think first half. First half. I think we're. Can't... I think so we're getting we into the danger of accepting and, and I think the West Brom performance we'll get to that obviously was much improved on Bournemouth again but I think we're in a position where everything was so bad earlier in the season that a Bournemouth performance where we barely passed the ball around much 140 passes made during the whole game we looked brittle at the back they basically walked through us for goals where and I said it in the group chat with you guys I said we're going to lose this 3-0 without really even blinking and we did and I know there was a, a sending off that kind of contributed to that but we're in a danger of accepting performances that are less than average or less than good and thinking they're good because everything was so bad earlier this year. And I think if you looked at that performance, perhaps with a more objective eye, we're subjective because we're Cardiff fans, a more objective eye, you probably wouldn't be happy with it. I'm not sure. I I, I agree with you. There is a danger of us doing that, definitely. That we, we were looking for any little positives because it was so yeah. bad. But I don't think that was the half of football that was like that. I think there's been times this season where we've done that. But I, I do... I, I completely understand where you're coming from on that. But yeah, I, I thought we were all right. But we, we don't know how we would, we would have performed second half with a full team of players. Personally, I don't think it would have been a 3 0 if we'd carried on and we were set up like we were. Um, but yeah, I, I do completely understand your point of view about we are just trying to cling on to any little positives because it was so, so bad a couple of months ago. I think that's fair enough. I, I'm not expecting miracles. Um, Right away, look. I know Morrison's been in there now. Has he been eight weeks in the job? Yeah. Um, and th- but I'm seeing improvements, and that's sort of reassuring me. If it was a case of sort of we weren't going anywhere, all right, we got back at 3 0, and the second half was as bad as it got. It was as bad as anything under McCarthy, even down to 10 men. It was poor, it was really poor. But I'm going just off the first half. Um, we created stuff, had decent chances. Um, we knocked the we ball about under McCarthy though. We weren't creating as much though. I we don't think. Okay, especially so we created how many chances did we create against Bournemouth? We created six. But how many clear? How many chances do you think we could have scored from? We should have scored there two. two in the first there half. were two key for more two chances. Two, 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 there two were no other chances that you yeah, say we would have scored. But, yeah, but those two game. are big chances yeah. away from home against a team at the top of the league, but, and I think that's what yeah. we've got to take into it. Uh, yeah, uh, let me finish, please. I know you're very angry <laughs> about this for some reason, but I, they, they are chances that Kiefer Moore puts away last season when he was in his pomp. And for some reason, he's a little bit off the boil. He's been in and out of the team. And I think the game does hinge on those chances. Yeah. And they, they were clear-cut. It wasn't just we were getting in the right areas. They were clear-cut chances we should have scored should from. Have scored from, yeah. And, yeah, and I think that's why, as a first-half performance, it was all right and it, it wasn't as bad as some people were making out. Yeah, I'm not trying to play as something to say, like, this is sort of, prim- like, if, if we'd play like that the whole season, we'd be in the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. I'm saying, considering where we've been, there was improvements and there was sort of developments from what and encouraging signs. It's not a case of like jumping from the rooftop saying this is an amazing performance. If we played like that and Bakuna hadn't got his stupid red, we'd have won 4 0. Probably would have lost, to be honest. The way it was going, sort of, you could tell towards the end of the half it was fading already and things were going a bit wonky. But I, I'm trying to take anything I can positive at the moment because the last 12 months has been so shit for football that. I need some. You sort of got to try and take the positives where they are. I just, I just think, I think if that, you know, the, the that performance under McCarthy would have garnered a lot more criticism, and I guess that's the the, the new credit to, that Steve Morrison's got, and the fact that we want Steve Morrison to do quite well, and he's trying to, you know, 
play more progressive football. But the stats the stats show that the possession was at twenty odd percent. The, the the expected goals were three one. So you know even if we put one, you know, if the goals had gone the way it should have been, we still would have only scored one more goal and we still would have lost 3-1. Is that for, we, is that for the whole game, though? For yeah. the whole game, yeah. Okay, right, okay, yeah. Well, but okay, it's, for 50%. It, I, think, it, I think that's what we... I think I think Morrison's lucky. Alone. I think Morrison's lucky that Bakuna got sent off. Oh, I don't agree with that at no, all. No, I, I think, I think, I think he would have got more criticism if Bakuna hadn't been sent off. I don't think I'd have been. Ha- I think it was. I think the second half was going to go in a way where it wasn't going to be as positive as the first half. But the first half, like I said, I'll, I'll stand by it. The first half, I thought was all right. The, the, the yeah, all right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, that's anything, all we're saying it was. Yeah, that's all we're clinging to, though, isn't it? Yeah, but that's how that's shit what this it was. Be we're, we're a team. Yeah, exactly. Against a team that's first. So we beat them got, last season. Yeah, and we were better last season. We finished. Yeah. What did we finished seventh, eighth last season. We're not going to finish top half this season. We might. Given recent developments, we might not finish out of the bottom three. Um, well, you've got to sort of, yeah, after today's games, you've got to sort of look at it and say, "Look, there's positives. It's not a, it's not a case of like that's a season-defining performance and sort of we're going to build and capitalize on it." But it could have been a lot worse, and the first half was all right. But let's talk into what the fuck went wrong then. Should we do that and then go into yeah, it? Then? Yeah, Kiefer Moore missed two key chances. Has he lost his clinical edge, Tom? It seems that way for Cardiff. I think. I think it's the general kind of apathy around the whole club has got to him. He doesn't seem the, you know, he tends to be a frustrated figure at times, even when stuff is going well. He has that general kind of air about him, like he's a little bit angry at all times. And because stuff has been really bad for us recently, it seems to have affected him. And he's just not, he's not putting those chances away like he was last season. And I think, like coming in and out of the squad, the whole thing around. Covid isolating with uh, internet when he was on international break and stuff as well. That will steady your progress a little bit, and I think yeah, he's just not. I I haven't got as much faith in him now when the ball falls to him as I would have, I think six months ago. What injury has he got? Does anyone know? It's an ankle knock. I think they're hoping he's going to be back for after the FA Cup game. If you haven't sold him by then, Um, Ben. You've already touched upon it. I'm coming to you for this one. Um, I've just titled it Bakuna Madness. Um, what the fuck? It was a shocker, wasn't it? Uh, what, what worries me more is that to do what he had to do, he had to grab hold of the shirt to get the purchase to sort of jump up and tackle his kneecaps. That's a foul that anywhere else on the pitch, like you don't, you don't do that foul anywhere, especially in the way he did it. You just pull the bloke back and yank him down and take the yellow card. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know if he wanted the next three weeks off or whatever, but it was unforgivable. And the fact, even more worrying was people saying it wasn't a red card on Twitter. Like, I think 10 years ago, that's a red card. Never mind modern football. That's, it's a fucking sickener. And it was stupid of him. In in defence of the people on Twitter, if you're watching it on Now TV, you, didn't you see only see one. Yet. You see it once. I didn't even see it the first time it happened because I was, I looked away for a moment because I thought he was, when he was chasing down Billing, I thought he's either going to pull his shirt or he's just going to let him go and let the defenders deal with him. I looked up no, 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 and he no. was on the floor <laughs> and I didn't even see the tackle. I was like, I don't know what he did to cause the tackle. So there was that, I think there was an element of that on Twitter, but there were some people who doubled down and made some pretty silly yeah. comments about it. Yeah. Um, it's just, I, it's there's a rush of blood and it's just been fucking dense. I've tried really hard to defend Bakun because I felt at times he's got a really, really hard time from a lot of our fans and hasn't been as bad at times as sort of people have made out. He's been sort of the Josh Murphy scapegoat that we always seem to love. 
But this has to be it for his time at Cardiff. He was given that chance. He was given an opportunity, and he massively let the side down. Yeah, think I think he should be sold because of it. I, well, I, no one's going to buy him. That's the issue. Yeah, exactly that. And for that tackle, I was one of those people. I first went, ah, okay, that's a yellow. Oh, wait a minute, there's a red because it's there's a bit of a fracas, whatever. But because I, I put that in the group, I went, ah, yeah, that, that's a yellow. Oh, that, that, that's oh, that's ridiculous, a red. And then you see it back. It's like that is absolutely bizarre. I don't know why he's even thought about doing that. But like as for like I'm the same as Ben in terms of I stuck up for him. Which because, Ben? Sorry, I agree with Ben Price. Um, that which seems to be a theme on this one, actually. This part, but um, um, the voice of reason for once. <laughs> um, but like, I've stuck up for him at times because I feel like he's been singled out, not because um, he was he's played well and people have got it wrong, but people have been worse than him in games and they've singled him out. But recently, mm. he has done nothing well this season. Like. He's just been woeful. I don't know what he adds. I don't know where I'd play him. And like you said, yeah, okay, we could say we could sell him, but who the hell is going to buy him? Because I'm assuming he's on mental money as well with us, isn't he? Because he's one of the long-standing... That's, that's second highest paid player in the squad, I think. Behind- so, if you if you look at the sport the sport track, I don't even know what sport track is, but they seem to be quite accurate with their salaries. I think he's on about 25 or 30 grand a week. Because obviously he came from, from Reading, who he'd, and he'd come from... Aston Villa to Reading, so he's he's on like legacy big wages. Yeah. The most worrying thing is, I think he's going to be one of the only midfielders who's still having fucking contract by the end of this year. That's, His contract runs until next year. That's a big problem. That when you sort of look at the fact you could be losing Joe Rawls in a free, who for me is just the best midfielder at the club by far, yeah. and the most important person to tie down to a new contract. You see him walking out on a free, and the fact we're going to be stuck with Bakuna, who's on more money than Rawls, despite Rawls being at the club for what 10, 11 years now. It's this 10 years, I think he, um, yeah, 10, 11 years, like yeah. in, in the senior ranks. Yeah. It's just depressing. <laughs> really, really um, worrying. And what was also depressing, Tom, was the Isaac Davis situation. Yeah, it, it's a weird one for me, that, because when you've got a senior player who's done a tackle like we just we were just speaking about, I don't understand why Morrison's gone after go Isaac him. Davis. <laughs> have a go at him. Yeah, yeah have a go at the senior bloke because it's to sit in the dressing room. Like, you know, not not just the bloke you've brought on and then take taken off again. And it, it's just what what does that do to his confidence? He's being brought on when we are down to ten men as well. It's really hard to have, you know, take hold of a game at that yeah. age when you're new to senior football at the best of times. And it's a tricky situation away from home against a good team with a man less. And he singles him out. And like I was trying to find reasons of why he might have done it. I'm like, well, he worked with him at the 23s level. Perhaps he thinks that's the best way. You know, his character can take it. You know, perhaps that will spur him on. But in reality, I think it's just because Morrison's a bit of a prick at times. And yeah. I think things go against him. He tends to lash out. He's lashed out fans slightly this year, but he was kind of within the right ones. But like he's picked on Zimba and he's picked on um, Isaac Davis. He hasn't been singling out any of the senior players at any point. No. As if he's trying to get pally with them. But and then he's scapegoating the youngsters and. It's not great to see. I must admit, even I, if he did play badly, I think there's 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 definitely a cruel to be kind element to I think to how Morrison operates, and I think there is an element of being tough with young kids to kind of toughen them up when they come into the first team environment. But there's a difference between doing that behind closed doors and dragging them out in a press conference where fans will hear it. And I think he had an impact yesterday on the West Brom game. I think there were times when he he came on, Davis looked out of sorts, and people behind us will. I mean, I think the person behind him called him a lazy cunt at one point. Mm. And it's he, like he he. he, he 
he, he made mistakes, but Ben, this is a legacy thing from what Morrison said the week before, and you have yeah, to consider that. That when I, when you're dragging gonna... someone out in a press conference, it's going to have a different impact than it is if you drag them back behind closed doors. Yeah, it screams Adam Matthews against Ipswich with Dave Jones to me. Mm. This promising player that's sort of offering a lot. I just, I, I'd say he has a mistake. But Adam Matthews scored an own goal and was possibly at fault for the second goal against Ipswich. For me, yeah, Davis, so fuck him. Davis didn't do a lot wrong. He was no. just not great. And look, at 2-0 down, you're sticking on a 20-year-old that's played six, seven senior games and expecting him to try, that, I don't think, yeah. and try and expect him to turn it around. Like, I don't know what he was expecting. I thought it was a really, really poor thing. And it's not just digging him out in the press conference. You're subbing a sub. That's yeah. not going to do him any favours at all. And that sort of, trust me, for something that's happened to, it, it doesn't do, like, as player confidence any good. No, it's not, it's, it's it's not it's not a nice thing to do. It's not a nice thing to do. Um, ben, does, I, I talk about Brittle in the second half. There were times in the first half where it looked like Bournemouth could cut us open at a moment's notice. Did that worry you? How brittle we look at the back again? Uh, it was better yesterday against West Brom. We can talk about that. But against Bournemouth, it looked like we were a bit out of sorts at the back again. Yeah, but I think that's been a theme throughout the season. Um, the further into the season it goes, the more I'm convinced that sort of three centre-backs isn't the long-term approach for us. It's just we're working with what we've got, which is probably the right way to go about it because I don't think any of those, four, any of those other than McGuinness, I don't trust any of the other centre-backs to play in the two. The other two sort of make up one whole defender, like we've said before. Um, but yeah, we constantly look brittle in that formation, constantly look caught out because a bit of pace, a smart ball, or even a half-decent ball at times, and we're caught out and on the back foot, and it looks like it's almost a certain goal. Um, it's something that needs to be addressed in January massively. Yeah, it's mad that at this stage of the season, Blackpool are the only team who failed to score against us. We had one clean sheet. That's just insane. Yeah. From, from a club who used to rely on being tight at the back yeah. and make a goal, we've gone completely the other way. And we're, um, I think we're second for most goals conceded in the second half um, in the championship. 23, I think, in the second half this season. Thank yeah. fuck for Peterborough. Eh? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a bad league this year. We've said this before. A terrible and, league. And what's worrying is we're down the bottom of a bad league. So, and, and it feels like this season we might just stay up. And what will happen then? We'll have a catastrophic year the year after where we go down miserably with Rotherham level of points. That's what it feels like at the moment. I know we've gone to a slight positive things in a minute, but it's just the positive, t- negative, bit of positive. The, the That's the way it's going to go for a little bit. Yeah. yeah, but it's just it's just madness how bad we've been and how much we go to pot once one goal goes in. It's and also, I guess, from my uh, sorry, Tom, you finish off and I'll say what I was going to say. It's just and like I, we've been rescued by some last ditch attempts and the last minute goals this season as well that have put us on the total VR. You know, nicking a result at Birmingham. Peterborough, Stoke. Stoke. Yeah, it's just where people have, like other teams have shit the bed a little bit and sat back and allowed us a bit of ball. We can't do that throughout a season and rely on nicking late goals to get points here and there. It, it's just, just not sustainable. It's also quite galling when you watch Reading play Derby today and who scored for Reading? Two goals, Junior Hoylet. And it was two goals, not really out of anything. The first goal, he kind of capitalised on knockdown, scored Junior Hoylet's goal, cut him from the left and put it across the keeper with his right and then scored a second goal, which was quite instinctive. Um, we just don't seem to have that in our team at the moment, do we, Then That's exactly what I was just about to say. You look at that Hoylet first goal, except for it, m- most stands out to me is 
Rawls can hit a decent strike. Other than that, there's not a player in that squad that I look Pack at. Like, Pack did it once. He scored from outside the box against Brentford once. Once, yeah. <laughs> it's sort of just it's a case of you look at that and go, who have we got in that squad that you'd fancy from doing that from that sort of distance now? Ryan Gile. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> Come there and there. Even yeah. then, I, even then, I didn't think he had the best shot on him. Well, clearly, no. he did. He never scored. Um, it's a case of like before we had we'd, we've had quite a few over the years. It's probably the first time in a long time we haven't had that sort of play. Craig Noon loved a shot like that. Mendes loved a shot like that. Mendes also loved other things, which is the issue. But even Murphy did it at the start when he came in. His first goals were coming in from the left and going across the keeper with his right. Yeah, and then Hoyler obviously pulled three or four of those out of the season. Yeah. So. I think as well, we, we all said it's probably time for Hoyler to go, right? Um, because our expectation to that point was we need we'll improve. someone of a different level, you know, to push up into the playoffs and, you know, challenge at the top. Now our expectations are completely changed and we cry out for a Hoyler because all we want to do is stay up. <laughs> so um, I don't so, know if I agree with that. I still think it's a case if Hoyler was right to move on, it's, it's more of a damning thing on sort of how the club's been running sort of the recruitment policy hmm. there's a lot of that we can look at and say i'd kill for i was about to say sol bamber at the back that but that's probably not the right choice because he'd be fantastic for us right now but the sort of player like hoyler hoyler was right to leave his time hmm. at cardiff was done sort of in a similar way i think sean morrison's time at cardiff is done it's just the right time for people to part ways we have just recruited so badly with no clear identity of what the club wants to do going forward that we're paying the price for it We've, we've sort of let these players go with no clear idea of, right, Hoylet's going, but we're moving to, we're going to play five at the back or we're going to play wingers. We've not bought in that player because we don't know what we're doing. We haven't got a clear identity from a manager that set out, this is the way we're going to play, or the club setting out a clear identity of this is how we want the club to play. I think our, pro- our issue was letting Mick McCarthy be manager because he's the one who's decided it was Hoylet's time was up, stopped playing him, stopped kind of involving him in the first team. I think if Hoylet had probably you know, had his chance, he probably would have wanted to stay if he was playing. Do you know what I mean? But uh, we, we've trusted McCarthy to kind of oversee some recruitment, which was a joke when you look at it. I mean, obviously James Collins and Mark McGuinness are great signings, but we signed Wintle, who we loaned out straight away. Giles came in on loan and we've got rid of it. He's had to go back now. Um, you know, the, the, the players haven't had an impact. And we never replaced like for like. It, it should never really happen that McCarthy was overseeing it, basically, but that's a, he, he, probably a conversation it, for another day. It goes day. back to the short-term thinking that we spoke about. Yeah, of, he should never have been given the job full-time at the start. As soon as as soon as soon sort of that happened, realistically, the club was always going to be walking into the situation. I just didn't think he'd managed to do what he did at Ipswich so quickly here. Mm-hmm. Okay, brilliant. Fair play to him, if we're being honest. I mean, it was a new record. Uh, delighted, really, that we all turned against him so quickly. A real team effort. Well done, guys. Um, the fucking dinosaur. Anyway, on to more positive performances. West Brom, Tom. I said that because it rhymed. A much improved performance yesterday. Yes. Yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. It was yesterday. Um, yeah, definitely. I thought we were quite unlucky not to have more from the game. Well, we were robbed, weren't we? Well, we were robbed, completely robbed. But no, it was it like, again, it was, we, we looked organised. We knew what we were doing. We looked relatively dangerous going forward until we got near the goal. Like, we got in some good areas and stuff. Um, I thought uh, James Collins was fantastic. He seemed to be popping up in every single part of the pitch, um, he, winning balls and, you know, just being a general nuisance. But even the likes of Will Vox, you know, he's a Shit frustrating player. Yeah, he's just he's frustrating at times. But that is the exact game you want from him, where he's 
being a busybody, being a bit of a prick, to be put it bluntly, and he wound them up and he got a man sent off. And it can go either way with him. It's either him who gets sent off or he gets someone else sent off. And it had that both hap- I'm glad with both when it happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he, I thought I thought he was great. Um, and I thought the midfield were good for once as well as a unit. I thought we were organised. Again, a few little sloppy errors here and there. But again, we're playing a, a decent team in West Brom. We're on a bit of a bad run, but they're one of the favourites to go up. I thought, you know, a point away from home at West Brom, that, that can't be sniffed at really. Ben, it felt more like the Cardiff performance we expect, right? There was lots of hard work. There were big challenges. There were, you know, not the prettiest football, but we were getting it wide and getting the ball down the lines. It was. It just felt more like what we, we've we had over the last few years. Yeah, it's exactly what you wanted, wasn't it? It was just every player came off of that. And I imagine when they got back on the bus, they were absolutely fucking knackered. And that's all you want. You want players giving everything for the shirt. Um, there was some players, I thought Giles sort of, while he got involved a lot, didn't have his best game. Um, Probably knew he was going home. Yeah, that's true. I wonder if he got on the bus or actually stayed up. Him, him and was like, I may as well stick around here, boys. But, I'll, um, be, I'll be to, to defend Giles. There was after about 65 minutes, he was getting down the line and he looked absolutely dead on his feet. I'm not surprised he's been carrying this squad for half a season. Yeah, <laughs> he's been carrying this team for so long, he's bound to be tired. But yeah, it was the most complete performance I think we've seen from a midfield since we since this season's happened. I think. <laughs> Every player knew their role for once. There wasn't sort of a confusion of who's doing what. Um, Rawls sort of played well, sort of just being the number eight back box to box. Pack sort of held a bit more and controlled the game that way. And then Volks was just fucking everywhere, causing his usual carnage, which is exactly mm. what you want from him. The only thing we didn't do was create enough. It's sort of, you sort yeah. of come from one all and sort of we were robbed. It was offside. We all know we're all going to get into that. But from that, we didn't really do enough to create as many clear chances that you can sort of think back and go, oh, we definitely should have scored there. And that is the one frustration with me from that. It's, it's, it's the only thing stopped me going, oh, we should have come away with all three points is we just didn't mm. do it. While we did, didn't deserve to draw that game, we certainly didn't deserve to, if, if it happened to lose that game, probably didn't create enough to deserve to win it. Yeah. So one was a fair result in your eyes. Yes, I know it's a really weird one in my head. No, we'll get on to the yeah. we'll get on to the dubious decisions. Um, Tom, you've already mentioned it. Collins, um, he scored a goal, was man of the match. Um, he literally was everywhere, wasn't he? He was getting back at the kind of right back and bringing the ball out of defence. He was latching onto balls to get on the end of it. He was winning flick-ons. That's the Collins we we kind of expected, isn't it? Yeah, exactly that. And to be fair, we've seen it in the games he's played in. It's just because he hadn't scored, kind of the pressure was building. So I don't mm. think he's changed his game in any way. It's just because he scored in that game and was doing all the running, it's a really good performance from him. And because everyone else was playing playing well as well, it just kind of tied in nicely, to be honest. Yeah, you weren't expecting that silence. Um, you weren't expecting that silence at all. Um, it was quite a good away day at the Hawthorns yesterday, Tom. Um, about 2,000 travelled, all told. They really got behind the team. Um, it felt like... It felt felt like the fans are there to you know no matter what to to get behind Morrison, aren't they? Yeah, it, it it felt like it mirrored the performance on the pitch a bit. It was a bit gritty. There was a lot of like aggy humor. Yeah, yeah, a lot of aggy behavior towards the home fans. People completely losing their head in the home end, which is always funny to see. <laughs> like pit men with, with kids offering people with his, yeah, he, with his kid next to him, he was um, offering. I think me and Tom in particular out for a fight. It was, it was great fun, but. Um, no, it, it like there was a real good atmosphere about it, you know, and they went obviously went down to ten men, and we didn't go on and win the game, but there was still kind of 
that like buoyant mood in our end at the end of the game, you know, clapping the players and stuff. And I think people just appreciated the effort yesterday. Yeah. Because that's like, like we've said this so many times. We are pretty simple folk. We just want tries. And yesterday just summed up that gritty performance that is all we're asking for as a group, as a set of fans. I think my favourite chant of the day, um, and it's the first time I've heard it, is Prince Andrew, he's one of your own to the West Brom fans, which um, I don't know if it's aimed directly at the West Brom fans um, or just the, you know, the, the English people in general, but it, it really tickled me. Um, uh, ben, it kind of boiled down to a tale of, of two, well, I'll say dubious decisions, but both were fucking egregiously wrong. Um, yeah. First, their goal, um, anti-vaxxer, vaccine dodger, COVID have a three times, Callum Robinson, um, scored their goal. Um, how far offside was he, and how disappointing is it that um, the offside, the, the officials missed it? He was about two yards offside, comfortably. And f- the thing you sort of understand, like if the liner wasn't in position, or was the I, I, I no, I can't work out how the liner didn't see it. He was perfectly in line, looking down there, and still didn't give it. It wasn't like it was a clever ball; it was a simple ball played through possibly should have dealt with it better but when you two when you've got a player behind you two yards offside you should be able to rely on officials enough to put their flag up when it ha- when it needs to be done because this, it's not a close decision it's not like it's an armpit or a foot or any part of him it's his whole body his whole body every part he can touch the ball two with of them offside are yeah and they didn't give it i don't know if the referee saw the one player the linesman saw the other lad that was offside and it blocked his view and what that, that's why he thought he was on so i don't know but then further in the game, then the linesman doubled down and said to one of the City players that was offside, which blew my mind that he what, still... He said it, he said it was In the offside. second half, there was an issue. that Something came up and they flagged offside. And one of the linesmen said to one of the City players, now that was offside. I don't know if that was in relation to the goal earlier or if they were moaning about something before that. But given the decision, I'm sure they'd have seen something or at least know, lads, we fucked it here. Yeah, was, I don't get I think, it. Just... I think for for me at the time, I, I you know watching it in real time, even from our end, you kind of see that he was probably in advance of the players. And I think I said to Tom at the time, I was like, "There's no way the linesman's alongside the player there because otherwise he'd have given it." Like that's the only the only defense I could give was that I thought the linesman was maybe a yard behind. No, he was in perfect position. But, he, but watching exactly the photos back, be. yeah, he was exactly where he should be, and he didn't give it. And it's it's frustrating. But then Tom, you, you get to the end of the game and. We caught you. I think I called it at the time as saying I thought it was a foul. You weren't sure yourself, but looking at after the game, what was Marlon Pack doing? Yeah, it's idiocy from a senior player, which seems to be a theme this season again, doesn't it? Just yeah. dumb decisions at like pivotal times of games. Like, I think what helped was he made it such a theatrical fall, yeah, that they went well as a dive, like, yeah, the, the way he's actually pulled it, but it, it's just a silly challenge to make. Like and you think better of it that time in the game, it's gone slightly away from goal. I kind of I get the desperation to win, like to get a point from that game, but just don't do that. And yeah, we've we've definitely got away with one there, but I suppose it levels out in a way. But it's just the officiating, like going back to the offside. The, the thing that was frustrating about it was the striker was next to the defender. So sometimes mm. if there's a few yards between them, it might be hard to judge. But they're right next to each other. He's between the goal and the defender. So he's got to be offside, surely. So I think just the all-round officiating in that game was just frustrating. Even the stuff like even the stuff later on, the referee caused all that. All right, you can say for uh, Ismail when he came on the pitch, there was an issue there, but the lack of control 
the referee had on that game and the officials, like they weren't sure with a lot of decisions. It felt like they were sort of making up as they went along. There was a couple of like, and it was for both sides. I'm not saying it was sort of biased one way or the yeah. other. There was a couple of like 50 yeah. 50s that were clear. We showed a couple of obvious corners. There was just this most basic decisions. It wasn't a case of like, weren't going against us. It was just, they got them wrong consistently for both sides. They were piss poor, those officials. They were very poor. Um, uh, the one thing I will say they got right, though, is that uh, Mowat got sent off for um, going very high in on Will Volks. Um, ben, we've already West Brom's about... fans still don't seem to accept was a red card. That's an awful tackle. It was a sickener. It's above, he's, he's above the ankle. It's a leg breaker of Will Volks. If, if he went in harder or Will Volks' leg... Um, was planted. I don't know. Is, well, it was planted, but if he, if he didn't move it out the way quicker, I was going to say, take him to evasive action, he would have broken his leg. Um, and, you know... You can say what you want. It's a hard t- tackle. The game's gone, but that's a red card in modern football. And he had, you know, he didn't need to do it. The ball was there to be won. But if he'd gone in with his studs down, or even gone in a little bit softer, he probably doesn't get sent off. Um, but West Brom- who got sent off earlier in the season, lost control of the ball, and went in like that. For us. I don't for us. Yes, I would was bet it- Will Fox, but I don't know. Was it Pack? It might have been Pack. Sort of. Touch got away from him, sort of yeah. trying to make up, trying to win it. You sort of lose your head and you dive in. It's the sort of tackle you see every week on Sunday. It's league. like Pogba got sent off for United against Liverpool for doing exactly the same thing. He lost the ball, it kind of got away from him, and he ended up going shin high on. I think it was Cater. Um, and it's like, yeah, it's there's mitigating circumstances, but it's a red card in modern football. Yeah, um, you've already mentioned the West Brom fans unable to kind of, um, you know, they can't get past the, the the kind of penalty in that red card that I don't think was a red card. Ishmael himself, uh, Ben, he, he stomped onto the pitch at the end of the game. I tweeted that I, I assume he was thanking the officials for the goal um, that saved him. Um, he, in his interview, seemed to completely ignore the fact that their offside was offside and he didn't seem to bother it. Um, my question is, is he a clown? I mean, it was embarrassing, wasn't it? It was yeah. properly embarrassing. I reckon if he looks back at that and once the sort of everything sort of calmed down and in six weeks time whatever you look back and they go oh what a dick because it was proper sort of i don't know like it was childlike behavior it was proper like a storm on sort of huff sort of six-year-old sort of thing coming back it was embarrassing by him and then to come back like and he's got a call that it was apparently i don't think anyone other than sort of ashley who was doing commentary for Cardiff city player was saying it wasn't a penalty um it was yeah it's just I don't get his thinking behind I think, it. It's a guy who screams he's under pressure yeah. and doesn't know how to deal with it. And it was, yeah, it was embarrassing. It's, it's just, it was Mourinho-esque. I think that's it. And I think Morrison Morrison was almost like the counterpoint to that because he said it was a penalty, but it was offside. And I think that's the, if, if Ishmael had come on and was like, I'm angry about the penalty, then in his post-match interview and gone, yeah, I was angry at the time, but I also know that it was offside and accepted that, he got something out of the deal as, as well as we did, then you could kind of go, yeah, I understand it. But him stomping on the pitch, Tom, I mean, James Collins got in his way and kind of held him back. Um, and it's, it sparked a, what we can only describe as a, a tussle, a ruckus, a melee, um, which resulted in two red cards after the final whistle, which was a joy to watch, wasn't it? It was quite funny from the away and watching like a scuffle on the pitch. And like you said, it has caused that. Because it's a man who reeks of desperation at the moment. He wants to look like he cares about the result. And he's really trying. He's working for the badge, all that. Because the fans were fuming. And, and then they got even more angry when Sam Johnston tries to stomp his way through. And yeah. Flint gets sent off for standing there and trying to calm him down. I think Flint, Flint flung an elbow, to be fair. Ah, bollocks. I'm not mm, having a bet. I've watched it a few times. What For what I it looks see, like I... to me... 
Flint he's is trying to push his arm off, but he's led. So he's... John, Johnson's effectively got him at brand the throw, and I think yeah. Flint tries to get his arm out, and it looks like he throws an elbow. I think if the, if if we're being objective, both could probably get that back on appeal. I think Flint's got a better chance than Johnston in reality because I think Johnston was almost grabbing him around the throat, maybe maybe not just below the throat, but I don't know what he was doing trying to hold Flint off like that. I think it was just pure handbags that the referee lost control of the game and just sort of... I think so. Yeah, there's no need that. for two reds. Like, it wasn't, I don't think either of them did anything that warrant a red card. It's the sort of thing you see happen, then you go to a pub afterwards and you sort of laugh at the person you do it with afterwards. It's yeah. In the heat of the moment, it's that, but yeah, there was nothing more in it's, it than that. As I we talked about, the ref- again, more poor officiating. Yeah, the ref did never had control of the game. And in that moment, he was like, now I can show I've got some control, flinging out a couple of red cards. Um, I don't know, Ben, do you, do you know what they got? You said, was it foul and abusive language? Did, it ref- did they say that the red card was four or have they not disclosed any? Because obviously Guys there's differences in um, suspensions. So, so is that one game suspension? One game suspension. But if it's violent, if it's violent conduct, then it's facing three, which would be ridiculous in my opinion. Yeah, I think so. I think it'll go on appeal. Um, it, it I depends don't think on the will. They won't if it's it one did. game. They won't bother. Yeah, if it's one game, they won't bother appealing it because obviously, if it if it counts for the FA Cup as well, which I'm never sure if it does or doesn't, it does, um, it does count. So, English League game. Play Morrison for the Preston game, uh, the the FA Cup game, and, and let Flint have a bit of a rest. That's fine. Um, but it was it was a fun it, I mean, it was a fun end to the game, and it, it was. It felt like Tom, you know, being at the game, it, as we talked about, it was like an old school, like backs against the walls a little bit. You know, we're in your town and we kind of sang songs to them because they were a very quiet fan base. They got Aggie because we were, we, they were very quiet. Um, they booed their manager off the pitch and kind of tried to show a bit of bit of fight at the end. But ultimately, um, we were better than them, weren't we? Well, as fans or as a team? In every way. In every way, yeah. It, like, I'm not going to get a bit... I'm not going to, you know, jump on them for their home support being a bit of flat when we've got our things. Are, yeah, situation. when things are bad. Yeah, but, but I'm surprised yeah. with that as well because when I, I've been to Hawthorns a couple of times and I, it's a good, it's a great away day. Like the away end's fantastic, and but I've always found their fans to be alright. Like they've sort of made a good noise when the I no, the, game the most animated we saw them yesterday was we sang the Welsh national anthem and about five or six of them stood up out their seats going fuck off. They, they got so angry at us having any kind of fulcrum of um national identity of our own um which <laughs> made me think they probably voted for brexit um oh they definitely did in that area definitely um but, but it was yeah. fun it was fun and like the card of like fan shit i was in of like chance of hey when we were passing the ball oh, about yeah. in the first half <laughs> so we're card of city we're taking the piss off the string and five passes together five passes it was it five was, passes yeah and it's just like that was funny and it, it felt like cardiff fans were there to have a good day out because there was no expectations and I've never seen such a miserable home end. I was like, yeah. why bother coming to the football if it affects you that much? But then I realised I'm exactly the same at times. But like, they were miserable from the start. It felt like they inevitably weren't going to win the game and they were there to get angry at their manager. And yeah, it was it was fun to be in that away end. I must That's very, that sounds very much like what was a lot of the atmosphere of City under yeah, McCarthy, yeah. wasn't it? Hundred percent. There was there was one lad we riled up so much that at one point he just stared over at the away end for about ten minutes. <laughs> Many Cardiff fans just pointed him, going, "Game's over there, mate. <laughs> Look that way." And he's like, "What are you looking at? Game's that way." And he was, you, you could see he was visibly like chewing on his nails. He was so furious. The bit I don't get, like go back to Smiley, the sort of comments he had when he's sort of making out that they came to play. I don't know if he's expecting them to like thought they were playing ticky tacker football at times and we were just there. They weren't. But they were poor. They were really, really poor. There wasn't a like 
a good footballing spell from them. They didn't knock it about particularly well. You sort of look back at Bournemouth, who would probably themselves be disappointed with their performance against us. I wouldn't say Bournemouth knocked it about brilliantly at times. There was not a moment in that side where I thought West Brom, oh, they're playing good stuff here. They're looking dangerous. It it was our own undoing sort of gave them the best chances. And yeah, again, it's another comment from a manager that seems like he knows he's under pressure, knows he's on borrowed time and trying to save as much face as possible. Their biggest, what they were doing in the second half, um, they were getting it back to Johnson and he was trying to get him to kind of sort of halfway-ish out to the wings and try and spread the play that way, which reminded me a bit of, you know, when Swansea used to go on about how they played really good football when it was literally just De Vries playing 40-yard chip passes to the wings and trying to get the ball out that way. And um, I don't know, yeah, like I said, I don't know what he thinks the kind of football they're playing because it was very attritional at times and it was very long ball orientated. Um and I just don't think, I, I think Ishmael is, you know, at Barnsley, he got them playing really well in a similar way. But I think it works when you're, you're an underdog, when you're yeah. playing this kind of on the break football um, and, you know, you get the, you get the ball wide and, and get behind the defence. But it doesn't work when you're West Brom who expect to control games and expect to be one of the better footballing teams in this division. And I think that's where the pressure is coming from for him. Um, but the pressure for us is now coming from a different source, boys. Um, we thought it was going to be a positive pod today, um, but a bit of a bombshell from Wolves. Um, Broke about a couple hours ago, Ben. Uh, Ryan Giles uh, is no more. Um, he's just been sent back to Wolves. He's 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 not dead. Um, we just they've had his loan recalled, and he's gone back to Wolves as of today. Um, what's your initial thoughts, Ben? I think Tom in the chat summed up beautifully with just fuck. <laughs> I thought you know when he sent it, it was like I hate Wolves or whatever it was. I was like, are they playing now? Are they? Because I thought I knew they were playing today. I was like, what have they done? Are they losing no. to Man United or something? I'm and anyway. then I. I knew as soon as I saw it and I went, oh, no, it's happened already. Yeah. I, I didn't think, I, I, it felt like it would happen because obviously they've got a bit of an injury crisis and stuff at the moment. And I think you'll see most clubs recall loan sign, uh, people have sent out now because of COVID. So people just kind of need bodies. Well, Wolves have done it twice already, right? They've got Giles and Sanderson back in from Birmingham. Exactly. And, but it, yeah, I'm not like angry at Wolves or anything. It's within their right. But no, it's, I totally it's, it's, Wolves. You're yeah. just like, Given everything that Giles has done for this squad, like, like I'm joked about him sort of carrying the squad, but without him, we're in even more shit sort of creatively for a threat, especially under McCarthy. We'd be in fucking dire straits right now. And to lose him is a huge loss. It probably is the worst loss we could have had. And it was possibly inevitable when well, let me give you some... new rules about sort of how many players you needed to complete a game. Yeah. Well, let me give you some stats that will reassure you, Ben. Um, uh, how many assists uh, has he made this season? Nine. I think he's joint top for assists in the league with John Swift, yep. um, which says which is quite you know good considering we're so bad. Um, if you look at his individual stats, um, an average of sort of seven point one eight on FotMob. Please sponsor us. Uh, nine assists, fifty two key passes, chances created, sixty one chances so far this season. Um, I think the nearest person. To him for chances created is Joe Rawls um, or Rawls, depending on how you say it. Um, I think he's created around 30 chances so far this season in slightly less games. But Giles is in, in six games more than Rawls has created double the chances that he has. Um, so that reassures me, Tom. Does it reassure you? It's uh, just demoralising, isn't it? It's just, it felt like this season, the only creative outlet we had was Giles into the box more possibly put it away, possibly Collins as well. And now he's gone. Like, he, he wasn't a player who was going to score goals because he fluffed his lines in front of goal a couple of times, but he was our only creative outlet out wide. 
And, you know, Parry NG's ball into the box isn't great. You know, again, he gets into good areas. But Giles was that one player, that one spark we had. And it's frightening. Like, listen to the stats you're reading out. Like, how little creativity we've got across the park. We've got, we've got nothing, really, have we? Was the one uh, thing we, we were just saying about West Brom, the one thing that stopped us winning that game was the lack of creativity. And then you're taking out our most creative player. It's, it, also, um, it, it presents two problems, doesn't it, Ben? Because we've been playing him at left wing back. Um, and from that, he's been our creative outlet, but also it, it fills a spot at left wing back, which we don't really have at the moment. Obviously, we can talk about the replacements of, of who it could be. But also, it, like you say, if he fills that creativity role going forward. Like, even if we switch to 4 2 now, um, and decided to play an out and out winger rather than that left wing back. Who's going to play at left wing? You haven't got one. It exactly. again just highlights the lack of depth throughout that squad and the shite we, recruitment the club's done for the last 18 months. We talked about it yesterday, didn't we, Tom? Like, uh, you know, during the game, you look at half time and you think, who who can we bring on the bench that can change this game? And you look at the bench and it was Kieran Brown, fresh off the, the January sales at CEX, um, Isaac Davis. Um, we had. Um, Sean Morrison, I think, was the only senior player on the bench alongside Dylan Phillips. I can't remember who else was on the bench, Tom. Forgive Colwell. me. Colwell. Colwell. Um, yeah, obviously, Colwell's bag, brilliant. Bag, Baggin as well. Baggin. And it's kind of like, all of a sudden, we've only got 12 or 13 senior pros and the rest are youth players, which is a good thing that we've got these youth players to come in. But as soon as Giles goes, it creates a glaring problem within our starting lineup. So I think what, what will happen is, because you've got Wintle coming back, which we're going to go on. To, well, I'll go on to it now. Um, he, he, Sorry, a, no, we, we're not ready for that. I'm doing it, right? Um, no, um, he comes in, he's a bit more of a defensive midfielder. He'll sit in front of the back four. So, like, it, sorry, I think we will play a four if he comes back in. And then you've just got to get people like Colwell on the field. I don't think we'll see us putting the ball up. We'll have to change the way we play, which we've been frightened. Change the whole system. The whole system now goes to the one bloke. But no, I think we will, we'll have to adapt. And I think that's what it'll be. We'll, We'll have to put a midfield to get a midfielder in there to kind of protect against the back, the defenders. And we have to get Colwell and people like that on the pitch now from the start, because otherwise we will have absolutely nothing going forward. And it's a bit of a risky one throwing in youngsters, but that's what we did with Giles, you know, and that paid off. So it's a risky one, but we don't have a choice, do we? No, no, exactly. You say yes, like it's kind of gun to our head. Yeah? It's like, well, you've got this, you'll either play with 10 men or you put a youngster on. Yeah. So it's uh, it's worrying. But I think this is why this the cup game comes at a good time now, doesn't it? It's just to get some minutes for the youngsters because they're going to be thrown into the firing line very, very shortly. You basically have expected this. I don't think I think this was a really last minute decision. By the fact that Giles played yesterday, this makes and me think that the club did not think this was happening. And, and the fact he did some media stuff over Christmas that you probably wouldn't put put someone forward for if they think they're going to leave. Is he in the calendar this but this is in this year's calendar? I don't know if he's in the calendar, but he did that like teammates thing over Christmas, yeah. didn't he? It's probably um, on the outside was... of the stadium. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But... <laughs> that was the death. <laughs> Scraping it down as we speak. That was the death. That was the curse at one stage, wasn't it? The yeah. big banners outside the front of the stadium. The patter went up and he got sold. Hoy... I think who else was there for that season? Um, I can't remember. Fabio, Fabio was one. Joe Fabio Mason. Fabio was one. Mason was a big one, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, but I think. What was like we said? I think oh, Bobby Reed, I think as well, wasn't it? Yeah, because he, yes. he advertised the new kit that season and he got sold within about a week. I, I think, like, went on sale. even if we knew he was going back, we still would have played him, I think, because we've got fuck all else. Got no one else. Yeah, but I don't but, think Wolves would have allowed it. That's what that's I'm saying true. more is a case of Wolves going true. You, what, you, put, you put the theory in the chat then about Triore possibly being sold and him coming in, sort of being the cover for that until they find a replacement, which wouldn't surprise me at all. 
Well, the, the story is that they basically they want to sign more players, but they can't afford them. So Traore is about a 20 million offer for Tottenham or West Ham at the moment. Um, and if Traore goes, they probably don't have um, maybe an out-and-out winger to fill in that spot, but I don't really know. But the kind of City um, Instagram post about the Giles return was quite telling because they, they actually showed some emotion for once. It's with disappointment that we confirm that Ryan Giles will be returning to Wolves. Um, and no, normally we just say, thanks for all your, thanks for your time. See you later. But we actually said disappointment there, Tom, which probably suggests that we were quite sad about it. Yes. There's no, there's <laughs> no denying it, is there? And I think that, that it, it's just like, it's just daunting, isn't it? But Giles is gone, Tom, but there's some positivity. Uh, the two Ws are back. Uh, Wintel and Watters. Waters. 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 How did he say it? Waters. Uh, electrifying, uh, whatever it is. Uh, good news, Tom? <laughs> good news? Uh, yes, I'd say so. I think we, I, th- I think Wintle was slot straight in. You know, it, it seemed we thought it was a mad decision at the time to sign someone and send him instantly out when we didn't have that many options in midfield. Mm-hmm. So I think he'll come straight back in. You know, Waters at the moment, he's still going through rehab, he was saying at the moment for his injury. So it's a pity he doesn't get a run out in the Preston game, but he'll be in, in the running instantly as well. You know, he's been performing well out on loan. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised now if you do see the likes of our favourite player, Murphy, being called back in, despite him not even playing. I, I, I could imagine him coming back. And even even though he's completely useless, I wouldn't be surprised if we call back Gavin White because at the end of the day, we are running out of players and we've been relatively lucky this year that we haven't had a massive injury crisis and we still look thin on the ground. So we've kind of got away with one. So if we do start to have people... Like dropping out because of COVID or dropping out because of injuries, we are in shit streak very, very quickly. So I think, anyway, we've got a new manager in. I'm, he'll want to see all the players for himself, right? He's not going to judge. You know, we know McCarthy's judgment wasn't great. So I wouldn't be surprised if he wanted to recall everyone back in, have a look at them and see where we go from there. I didn't want to mention Josh Murphy. I thought I mentioned him earlier. I didn't. Um, and I'm disappointed you've mentioned him there. Um, I can only apologise. I would like him back then. Um, Ben, who do you replace in that midfield with Wintle? Um, for me, Rawls is probably the shoe-in, or Rawls, depending on how you say it. Um, do you think Wintle comes in for Pack, Volks? I think he comes in for Volks, doesn't he? As good as he has, there's one good performance by Volks all season. By all accounts, Wintle in the 18 performances, he's put, he's played for Blackpool. He's done well in about 12 of them. So, um, yeah, he comes straight in for me, offers something different, hopefully, sort of refreshed himself sort of realized stepped up it's it, like he played a lot of football there even if it doesn't make sense we sent him out on loan it's a good thing now we've got him back so army field is struggling um yeah what is this probably the, the surprise for me i didn't think we'd bring him back that soon and when it did happen my initial thing was oh shit Kiefer's injury is a bad one that was the worry for me when it came in yeah. straight away like what is this coming back but now like you boys said like they're trying to fill up the bench we said before that when you look at that bench there's no senior players um, I didn't realise Watts didn't have a squad number registered this year, though. Does he not? No. Possibly nick in the old number nine. That'd be a bit That's of a faith in him, wouldn't it? I, in, in the nicest way possible, I don't think he needs to wear the number nine shirt. Um, the pressure. The, the, the pressure, really. but also, like, if you give him the number nine shirt, like you said, there's a pressure that comes with being the number nine shirt. If we give him the number nine shirt, our fans will instantly go, oh, he's number nine, so he's probably going to start. That creates another level of pressure. Um, I'd, I'd give him 10 instead. <laughs> when we sell key for more, inevitably. Um, 
But I think I think I, I'm interested to see what happens with Waters. He's got five goals in eleven games, I think, so far this year for MK Don. So I think a lot of that came in a really good, really good run. He sort of scored five, five in six games, something like that. Um, he's obviously been injured, so he's, he's probably a couple of weeks behind the curve. But I just think he gives us a different option up front because at the moment it's been it's either Kiefer Moore or Kiefer Moore light in James Collins, and I don't want to do James Collins a disservice because I think he he brings a lot to the team when he plays, as he showed yesterday. But they're not too dissimilar as players. And I think if we bring in someone like uh, Waters, Waters, I can't get his name right. Um, I think it just, it gives us another option up front, doesn't he? We can start playing two up front again if we really want to. It gives us the option, but I don't think it changes anything if he doesn't get any service. We could have my nan up there and she's shit up front. Mm, But I think think it it could change the way we play, right? If we play a big man, little man, which is the classic Earnshaw-Thorn combination, all of a sudden we could play direct balls into Kiefer Moore and he could win the flick-ons for Waters to run onto, basically. It means we don't necessarily have to go as wide as we have done. But I think for what worries me is that they looked at it before and went, we think that Mark Harris is a better option than Waters and we're going to send Waters out on loan. And I just worry... I don't think you'll have that impact. I want him to have that impact, but I like, I like Ben's. I don't think we'll change system. I think he'll just end up being, we won't play Mark Harris, Waters will play instead of him, because I think mm-hmm. he's a slightly better finisher. But that's about it, to be honest. I can't. I just can't see much changing with that. I, th- I think it is honestly just a body's back, like as many people. We're still reliant. We need something creative to come into it, and <sighs> I don't want to mention him. You've banned him from being mentioned, but JM going back in. Jason Mohammed. Yeah, so you see his free kick at McNaughton's testimonial. Exactly, get him in. Um, It wouldn't be a bad option, really. He's he's not playing at Preston. He has been injured for the last two months. But we need to to work out something. We We need to move quickly. And we haven't got money to go elsewhere. That's the issue, isn't it? you, You have to pay big money to sign good creative players. And we haven't got that money at the moment. And we're not going to have it for a while. So we may as well sort of try and utilise what we've got and see if it works because it can't be any fucking worse than it is at the moment. I've decided um, as well, I'm going to watch every game of AFCON. So I'll go on a scouting mission over the next few weeks and keep you posted and I'll, I'll let the club know as well. Yeah, pro- I tell you what, pop, pop, pop together a dossier um, and yeah. send it over to the club. I'm sure they'll read it because they've clearly got no other fucking scouts, have they? <laughs> and um, they're, on de- they're on a decent times these games, so I think I probably yeah, exactly. will watch nearly all of them. I probably will quite watch a lot of it as well. Um, yeah, quite, yeah. quite like the idea of the club receiving it next week. <laughs> what, lads? Anyone know what this AFCON is? <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the good news about Josh Murphy is that if he was to come back, he's due to be back in training, I think, this week. Um, so if he did come back, he might be a couple of games away from fitness. Um, so we can see the old Josh Murphy back at the CCS for straightening oh. the fuck out of the fans all over again. Yes. Hooray! Time is a flat circle. Let's go over to Twitter for some questions. Um, Harry Dickens asks, how much of an impact is Charles leaving going to have on the result? And who fills in for him? Will we go to back four as a result? Ben, do you see us going back to that back four? We said we're not going to change our system too dramatically, but do you see the back four being an option? That's the only slight positive I could see coming out of the whole Giles leaving is it might force Morrison, might force his hand to change the system and look at this, another option. Um, that is the, the only thing. But again, that's reliant on bringing people in because at the moment, we can't play a five-man midfield. We can't play the sort of classic five-man midfield, possibly 4-3-3. Three, three. Um, the likes of which haven't been seen since the late 1990s. Exactly, go old school with that. It's um, yeah. Do a Christmas tree like... formation. Oh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Four, three, two, one. That'd be good. I tried. I tried to write out a team earlier on, and go on. All Can't of it. Spell. All, yeah, all <laughs> of it. Shit. All of it. Shit. 
I can't work out what we're meant to do. I don't know what the answer is. It's not what we're doing now, but I'm not sure what alternative we've got. Yeah, that's so, the problem with the defence, yeah. especially at the defence, which used to be our strong point. Um, yeah, Giles going, but then you sort of look at the issue. I don't want to see Perry NG play at left back because he's not good enough to play there. It's not his position. Kieran Brown, like you said so many times, is too busy selling second-hand iPhones to sex, so he's knackered. Mm-hmm. Josh, who we haven't spoken about, and I've just remembered that he exists, Tom Sang. He's yeah, injured I, though, isn't he? But yeah. I, 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 is he injured full time? I'm full time. No, I think, I don't think he's too far <laughs> off. But um, see, he, he played. You know, he came in and did quite well at, at the fullback positions. Um, it just I, occurred to me that I'd like to see him in midfield. I really I'd like to see him in midfield as well. But midfield. if we're if we're desperate, let's get Thomas Roy Sang right in that midfield. Got bargain as well that we were yeah. raving about for about a week and a half, and then decided we were getting a bit too overexcited. But you know, I still think there's a player there in Bank, but I don't think he was ready to play. Hold off. There's a question coming about Baggin. Oh, just, sorry. There's just keep your opinions to yourself because there's a really important question that I want to ask next. Uh, Tom Gareth Entercott asks: Should Pack play every week with his hair flowing or tied up? This is what we're here for. Um, <laughs> I, you said it in the stand. Uh, you were surprised it was that long. Yeah. Um, which obviously this is what the fans want to hear is this opinion, but. <laughs> I think it made. Who knew hair could grow that long? I know. On a bloke. (laughs) Modern times, madness, isn't it? But I think it made him look like a better footballer. I think aesthetically, it works better. It makes him look more. I don't know, mercurial. I'd like to see it. Look like he's running in slow motion when he's just actually slow. (laughs) It also made him look like he would call football my footy what. That's a Russell Brand <laughs> reference there for those who, who don't know who. Um, oh, well, that was when Russell Brand was like not a not a New World Order monster Ray Looney guy on YouTube. Yeah, so um, so similar, it's scary. Yeah, it did because it was like it's, it's obviously you know from a distance you could you and um, if you weren't wearing your glasses you'd probably go oh, it's Russell Brand playing in midfield. Um, uh, he put in a great and also Marlon Pack put in a great performance in and um, forgetting Sarah Marshall as well. Obviously, um, great film. Uh, Nick Jones, uh, Ben, should the gaffer go as strong as possible with the selection for the FA Cup versus Preston or rest the likes of Moore, Smithies, etc., and give minutes to the likes of Zimba, Evans, Ashford, Davis, Hughes, King, Bowen, Dylan? I, I think give the players that need a bit of time a run out because there's. We're in a situation where we're going to need to use the rest of the squad throughout the year, um, get them up to speed. Bring Shawnee Mars back in. Yeah, definitely. Um, sort of game. Baggin. Yep. Colwell, get a good run out. Um, Isaac Davis. I'd give a few of the youngster lads a full 90 because yeah. I think like there's a lot of them haven't had that yet and it'd be interesting to see how they cope in a game that, like, make no bones about pressing they're going to rest players as well because that's just what they'll do. Um yeah, it'd be a good good opportunity to make a couple of changes and sort of freshen things up and see how other lads do. I'm a I'm a fan of the cup, but it's so bad in the league at the moment. I think I'd do a raffle and get a couple of fans on there, and then we can five pound a ticket, and we can might have you know some funds to buy a player as well. So what you're saying is die hunter left wing. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, I, I know. To be honest, if you did that, I reckon the attendance would be higher. I yeah yeah yeah. Everyone's going to well, start I would, um, I'd probably buy a hundred tickets um, and still not win because that's how bad my luck is. Um, K49745, West Brom decent were there for the taking. Bournemouth, I'll just leave this. And it's a photo of a man with Bakuna 7 printed on the back of his shirt with tape crossed out over the Bakuna. Right, the big um, question is there, why the fuck would you get Bakuna on your shirt? Um, unless... Like unless bought, bought for him. But I, yeah. don't even, I don't even think... 
Bakuna's kids have Bakuna on the back of their shirt of their shirts. Tattooed. <laughs> Uh, well, they do, but it's his brother. They have Ranger shirts. So David Carter, big improvement yesterday. Passes quick and breaking the lines. Bournemouth going well until Bakuna went into assassination mode. Is a good description. <laughs> uh, Ryan uh, still waiting for some sort of evolution from Morrison. This is it. The Morrison criticism we've been waiting for. One R Morrison. I know he's got limited resources, but why is he persisting with a similar shape to McCarthy? Is mind blowing. At least try something new and fresh. I'd rather go down swinging than whatever we're doing at the moment. Uh, Reese Thomas, similar. West Brom was an improvement, but I'm desperate for us to get rid of playing a, black, a back five. Um, he also says if we want to push Giles up, then let him overlap a winger from back four, bring a left back and play him on the wing. Well, Reese pushed him all the way to Wolves. It. Yeah, jinxed it. Um, Matthew Davy, what is Morrison one hour's problem with Isaac Davis? Publicly battered him for the Bournemouth game, was seen again at West Brom, screaming at him for conceding a throw in. Um, I don't know, maybe he's got nudes or something of Morrison. He's threatened to send him to the news of the world. Scott Bryan. One thing that Isaac Davis did, there was a ball put in by NG at West Brom where David, and this was sort of where Morrison started screaming at him, I noticed, was you're taught from an early age when a ball goes across there to gamble and run at the back post. And he was in the position there to be the one gambling to go into that back post and it would have been a tap-in. And he just stood there and he was very flat-footed. And that can only be a lack of confidence thing because, like, he, he, I thought he was poor against West Brom, but I don't think it was a case of him throwing his toys out the pram. I think it was a case of a 20-year-old kid who's just been hung out to dry in the press looking lost and not sure what to do. Yeah, I, there was there was another moment where he, he ran in on Johnson and Johnson played a very weak pass and kind of Davis had just given up on it, basically. Yeah. And I think that that was, I said to Tom at the time, it's either naivety or his confidence is completely shot because he yeah. just kind of looked like, he, he kind of accepted that he wasn't going to get it, so gave up and then was a bit slow to react to it. And I just thought, I felt really sorry for him in that moment. I think because of the, like there was a, we were kind of pushing forward because we were against ten men. It was a bit sporadic anyway, and I feel like because he was coming on with not much left on the, on the clock, he was a bit all over the place. There was no composure there. But I think the whole team kind of lost composure and it kind of made him yeah. look a bit worse than he probably was as well. But no, that's sure says, he's raw, isn't he? Like he's still. That raw. says something about the management, I think, as well. Because if if he comes on, and he's not sure where he looks a bit lost. Then surely it's on the manager. It's not incumbent on him to be like just go up front and like try and break the line, or just go and get down the wings, whatever it is. And it looked like at times Davis was trying to get on the balls from midfield and get it wide, and also get in on those balls into the box. It's like what what should he be trying to do in that situation when you're chasing the game? Almost play him as a free role, um, and just just say get beyond the defense at any time. Anyway, enough criticism about Sean Morrison, Steve Morrison. Why not? Scott Bryan, it's a point more than we thought we might have picked up against two teams going up in the automatic places. Recalling Waters gives us a chance to take a good look at him. What is the background behind not recalling Wintle yet? Any other signings won't happen, in my opinion. Quickly, then, he says, that age well regarding Wintle. Same for him, though. Get him in and take a good look at him. Give him and Waters every chance to impress. Shame about Giles leaving early. We need someone to step up. Connor Davis, how was your evaluation of these two games? Huge point at West Brom. If Pakuna didn't two-foot billing, maybe a point was there too. Team is definitely looking better football-wise. Few signings and we could charge up the table, but who could we realistically get on loan? Tom, do you think with Giles going, there's a loan space that we might fill there? Because it always feels like with Cardiff, it's one in, one out at any time. We've got to try and fill it. But like I think so many clubs are going to be you know, reluctant to send players out at the moment. You know, because where we are in the league, ordinarily you kind of go perhaps some of the top end championship teams have, you know, players they'll send out because we could take points off some of their rivals if they send mm-hmm. them out. You know, we're not really a threat to those, but they're going to need bodies. And so you've got to look at the Prem then and hope that they want to send out some youngsters and hope for the best. Because I don't, I don't think our 
club know any more than we do about who they should sign, to be honest. And that's why I'm watching AFCON. I'll tell you what's really annoying. You can't just go on like a website and click listed for loan and just find all the listed for loan players like you do a football manager and just go, I'll take him, <laughs> him, him and him. Because um, that would be well, really say, fucking you useful. Say, you say that, right? Players get put on a transfer list. Well, there's, there's uh, as list? I understand it, as I understand it, there's, there's effectively a portal um, that kind of lists players that are either on a transfer list or um, listed, you know, available for loan, that kind of thing. Effectively, something like that does exist, but obviously it's only accessible by clubs in that in that um, that realm, basically. And there's versions you can kind of access kind of publicly. I think, I can't remember what it is, but there's kind of, you know, I think Transfer Market has some element of that to it, but it's obviously not as accurate. Um, but it's the same in American sports. Like if you're if you're a college player looking to transfer, you just put your name in a portal, and anyone who's looking for a player at that point can effectively try and try and speak to you off the back of it. Um, Oliver Reese, I think Morrison makes subs far too late in games of late. I appreciate the team was playing well, but you could tell players like Collins, Giles, and Harris were running on empty after sixty minutes. Those thirty minutes with fresh legs could have been the difference. Um, ben, would you, you know, for someone like Davis, uh, I know we, we we kind of fixating on him, but do you think he needs more game time if he came on after, with thirty minutes ago rather than ten minutes ago? He he makes a better impression. For me, it was a sort of a pit game where someone who can get on the ball and run it a bit more would have done well, and for me, that would have been Colwell. Um, I felt like he was the obvious change for Harris early in the when, when it happened. Um, so, yeah, I agree the change were made late, but I don't think it would have been Davis. For me, it was a game that sort of, I think Ruben Colwell could have really made a difference in. And we, Tom, we were there from about 27 minutes in, we were singing Ruben Colwell, baby, weren't we? In the classic Cardiff City jape. Yeah. I, I, the, the obsession with our fans of singing for a sub rather than the people on the pitch is mind-boggling at times. But I think the, the late subs is the fact that we haven't got that many options, isn't it? But I think it is too late in games. There's no doubt. People haven't got enough time to make an impact. And yeah, we we were saying at the time, like I think Colwell coming on for Harris would have worked. And we do need to try and get a hold of games earlier. We can't, you know, it's worked a couple of times we've brought people on late to go late goals, but we can't be so reactionary. We've got to try and, you know, change the game, not just react to what the other team are doing. And I, I think he lacks that in his managerial experience so far. I think the annoying thing yesterday was that it kind of took their player getting sent off for for, for kind of Morrison to kind of jump into action really, um, and I think it was that was almost then because you know he got sent off with 15 minutes to go. There were a couple more minutes before he reacted to bringing on the subs, and it kind of it was just a bit slow for me. Um, I think if I'm looking now, 79 minutes, Colwell came on for Volks. Uh, 86 minutes, Davis comes on for Harris, um, and I think that time. was that was the first sub. Um, and if, you know, if you would have been a bit brave, perhaps 10 minutes before, maybe Colwell gets on the ball a bit more, maybe Davis grows into the game a little bit more and it, it changes things, right? We've so just that. I think it's a case of just bravery. I think it wasn't before the red card, I think West Brom were there for the taking. It's just the red card Agreed. gave him a better chance. He's just, he, he's got to be a bit braver. We've had, we've had this problem with the last three managers now. Where yeah. like McCarthy you know, used to hate substitutions. Yeah, Harris wasn't great with it either, and it, it that I think that's what the frustrating thing. We we've had no kind of adaptability. We've been so structured. McCarthy made a future. You sort of look at McCarthy's first game against Barnsley. He made the change on like sixty minutes, and we got that draw. And when things go well, managers seem to be really good at making changes early on. They know when to do it. It seems to be when things are a bit shit, they're a little more hesitant to change it just on the off chance the change doesn't work and it costs them the game more than it has a chance of them winning the game. It's pretty telling that he went back to his first game as an as a 
That's all, mate. That's an example. Got. That's all we've got. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was just, I was just thinking of the probably the worst performance of the season was when we lost three 0 to Swansea, right? And it took until the sixty eighth minute for McCarthy to make a change, um, and then he didn't make another change until the eightieth minute, and then he didn't. He made his final change on the eighty fourth minute uh, when he brought Will Boggs on, who promptly got booked five minutes later which is brilliant from World Bowls, in my opinion. Uh, Sean Collins, I thought there was a major improvement in the West Brom game, maybe difference in opposition. If more plays, I think we win that game comfortably just because he's our best player and Collins was good, but more is a different level, although we do need more creativity. Pack was excellent as soon as he lost the headband. Vox was excellent, loved him when he plays like that. I'm sure Isaac is more of a striker than Harris. He works hard, but doesn't seem to have the composure needed, but I'm feeling more positive about what I'm seeing. Rosie Boy said, I read somewhere Pack was like a black headline in the midfield without a hairband. You had have read that on The View from the Indian Twitter feed. Frisbee 13, they are now a big group of players whose careers at the club are about to end. This could be a real challenge for the manager. Steve Day, disappointing to only get one point from the two games, but still one point more than I thought we'd get before them. A Bluebird legend, that's me, just like watching Brazil for five minutes against West Brom. Ole, not going to Solskjaer. Alan Griffiths, um, uh, Charles has gone booming. Um, Mark D says, disappointing but unsurprising, given uh, this is about Giles going back, rising COVID cases and lack of left-sided players at Wolves. Cardiff City's task of staying in the championship just got a bit tougher. Uh, K49745 again says, leaves us with either Baggin or the Goth, as you call him. Brown, unless he gets recalled by CEX, going to be a long second half of the season. Brown, stock up on your monster drink, pal. Daniel Morgan, any thoughts on potential loan signings in January? Not a fucking clue. Um, Sean Collins again, well, shall we start selling players for our relegation now? Um, Connor Davis, Winter returning too. Time to sell Pack or Bakuna. Get sort of sort of money into Revest. Bakuna's the only one with any sort of resale value there. Ryan Thomas, time to go back for four at the back and play some wingers. Big ask for youngsters to come in and perform. Um, this is a big question, Ben. Diff MJ, how much faith do you have that we'll replace him, or will the board just do what they usually do? Shrug their shoulders and insist the squad is far too good to go down. What's your faith, Ben? I've got no faith in that board. I haven't all season, and I've got no faith in them bringing the right person in. Um, the lack of talk from Morrison in the press conference about what's happening in January sort of speaks wonders that despite knowing this is coming up, they've not planned at all. And it's sort of, they're going to go cup in hand to uh, cap, cup in hand, cap in hand to any other Premier League squad and sort of see who they can get. And hopefully they can fit. Yeah, I was going to say cup in hand. We haven't got a cup to piss in, pal. No. <laughs> um, the last two comments are quite different. Um, Di Reese, loud screaming, and then Jam Swans, who is a Swansea fan, just says, funny, innit? Which I had to say because I think it is quite funny that you yeah, tweeted that. Yeah, fair enough, fair um, and it's also quite funny because they're only two places above us in the league. Um, so, you know, when they do the double over this, I'm sure that'll seal our relegation. Um, and that was the Twitter questions for this week. Ben, looking forward. We've got a couple of games coming up. Preston in the cup. We kind of already touched on it, but do you think it is now the time to play the kids? Yeah, I think let's give them a run out. Any players sort of have much time. It's a good chance if if someone like Tom Sang's fit, get him some minutes. Um, Patton, get him Watters. a sort of experience of senior football. If Waters was fit, that'd be ideal. Um, wouldn't surprise me to see Wintel come in and sort of mm-hmm. get him back up to speed that way. But yeah, it, it, it's a case to give players a run out. As much as I look like, I'm like you boys, like the cup runs are always great fun. Um, the situation now is dire. It's a case yeah. of that let's focus on the fucking league. Um, Optimism. Well, it isn't it? But six, six weeks ago, I was thinking, oh, if we can sort of scrape, if we finish bottom half, have a nice little cup run, then it's not a bad season. Now I'm thinking, do the Wigan. Just survive. Just scrape through and survive. Oh, no, saying that, if we, if we won the FA Cup, but we're relegated, I'd take that. Tom, you love the FA Cup. 
But are you prioritising fresh legs over a win at this stage? Uh, yeah, I think we, we've got a really important like couple of weeks at the beginning of Feb where we play Barnsley and Peterborough. And that, I think, is where we effectively see if we stay up or not. So I think put fresh legs out in the cup, rest the players. So we've got two games before then against Blackburn and Bristol. Because yes. I think that I, th- I think those that bank of four fixtures are going to be key, absolutely key. So I, I hate to say because I do love the FA Cup, but we're in we're in shit streak at the moment. So I think we just just give a, and we'll need the youngsters further down the season to get them some game time now. The key question is Ben, a game behind closed doors. Um, we'll all be watching on S four C S Pedwarek. Um, will this be the highest attended FA Cup third round game at home for a number of seasons? I strong, think it's yes. It has strong potential too, yeah. Yeah, good. Um, I can't remember the Carlisle game a couple of years ago. We got 4,000 people um, for the FA Cup. Yeah. Let me just check. This is behind closed doors, this game, and you are taking the piss. Unless they change the rules this week, it will be behind okay. closed doors. I, I, I think, just wasn't sure if I was... Yeah. I, I, I think the expectation is that it's, it potentially could be the last game behind closed doors before they change the rules again. But I, I you know, I'm not in the government anymore, so I don't know. Um. I don't know what Drakeford's thinking. Um, I, I mean that. Not. I'm not trying to criticise him. I just. I'm. I'm not. I'm not him. So I don't know what's <laughs> going on in that brain of his. Um, we got Blackburn at home next in the league. Ben. Obviously they. Um, well, they didn't. But Ben Barrett and DSB. It's five-one um, earlier this season. Um, they're going great guns at the moment. Uh, I'm not sure how, and that's not. Not. Second, not aren't they? Yeah, they're second. I, yeah. I don't mean to be rude about Blackburn, but I just did not see that coming at the start of the season because they were out, they were without Bradley Dack. They lost a couple of key players through transfers, and obviously, their you know all their hopes rested on someone who, even their own fans said they didn't really rate last season uh, in in their Bereton Diaz. But he's obviously um, since he's added Diaz to his name, he's gone to another another level. Do you have any hope that we can win that, Ben? Not at the moment. No, they're flying unbeaten in God knows how many games. The looks things. Um, yeah, they do an hell of a job. Fair play to them. And you're sort of looking at it and they're three points off top when sort of I had them sort of pegged as like your classic mid-table side. Yeah. They're having a hell of a season. It must be so much fun for them and they're going to have a great time against us. They've gone nine and beaten since they lost 7-0 to Fulham, who they've just overtaken in a table. That's which mad. Is, that shows, Tom, that sums up the championship in a nutshell, doesn't it? Yeah. So that means we're going to win 3-0. So yeah. that's why I'm looking forward to it. But it is but, the sort of thing you could see happening, though. I don't think it will at all. I will. will. Because we're fucking dire. But the way the league's going at the moment, you're sort of looking at there's all this talk of Fulham sort of being putting together the strongest squad the Championship's ever seen. They haven't won in six. No. It's a strange season. It's like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we pick up a result. But And, you know, who you don't know who they're going to sell between now and then as well. Because... They had a pretty much a firing sale at the end of last season. Their squad got significantly weaker, but their team got their results have gone significantly better. It's a really weird one. So, and I think isn't isn't Berenson Diaz out of contract at the end of the year? He's linked or... with um, who's he mean linked with? Burnley, isn't he? Yeah, of course oh, he has. He's not going to go there from Black. Oh, that'd be that won't go down well. I know. Yeah, this it's Burnley and who else? Southampton it's, possibly. If someone's bidding twenty million quid for him, Blackburn are going to have to take it because they're in dire straits with their money. Yeah, it's true. And um, this is what it's hard to predict what will happen in a few weeks in the championship at this time of year because squads can look so different. Like already today, we've called two people back and lost a player in the space yeah. of over three hours. And yeah, so three, three hours, our podcast went from like the height of optimism going, oh, this could be all right, <laughs> to oh my God, the world's going to end. Yeah, exactly. 
I'd, that might change as well. Even if it is. <laughs> Don't take my word for it, mate. I it's fucking fluid. No, I hope not. I hope the world's going to end. I've got a lot to do this week. Um, a lot to get through. A lot of projects to work on. Um, and that's about it, really, isn't it? There's nothing else really to talk about. Um, we've got some exciting things coming for you guys in the pipeline. Uh, keep abreast of our Twitter, twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Uh, we've got a few deals on the horizon if you're interested in a manscape product we'll have a proper advert about this eventually but if you go to the manscape.com website if you look at there i think the 4.0 package ben is that correct the performance yep. package and use the code vft ninian uh, you'll get yourself 20 percent off there there'll be more details to follow this week on that front just talk of a little custom kit coming isn't that right ben there is um i've got to chase that actually yeah, exactly. I thought I'd fucking prompt you live. Put, put it on pressure. Um, on. Yeah, cheers, mate. Yeah, put pressure on public. I'm like Steve. I'm like Steve Bloody Morrison here, digging you out in front of everyone. Don't go into your shell now, pal. We need that shirt. That's going to raise no, some money. And guys. the youngster, the youngster thing is well and truly gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, keep abreast of our Twitter, twitter.com forward slash vft ninian. If you like what you heard ko-fi.com forward slash VFT Ninian. We do this for the love, not the money. Otherwise, we'd be stinking rich. But if you do want to give us some money, you can go there, ko-fi.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Ben, what was your favourite part of the podcast this week? I'm just quietly crying when other people are talking just at the thought of what's coming for the rest of the year. Yeah, I've got to do some editing on that front. And Tom? Yeah, I, I like discussing the West Brom away game. I thought that was a lovely little part of the pod and I'm going to hold on to that and ignore the rest of the shit that's going on. My favourite thing was seeing you guys again. Uh, Tom, I haven't seen you enough this weekend and Ben, I missed your face. So <laughs> You could have invited me to West Brom, you know, but fuck yeah, you know, you didn't, did you? <laughs> um, ben, do you want to come to West Brom with us? <laughs> oh no, I'm busy. Oh, I thought you might be. Anyway, thanks for listening once again and we'll see you next week. Right, nearly half time, pal. Your turn to get the ground round in. Off you go. No, you get this one in, mate, because I've got the beer sorted for later. What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one. You know that's not how the ground round works. Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is I've already got hours waiting for us after this and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking, so how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN, to get your first case of eight beers for just five ninety five. That's www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN. Sound? Pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie. <laughs>